Hey, Sam. Hey, Nathan. What's up? Uh, not much. Um, hanging out over at uh, my father-in-law's house. Okay. And as you can probably tell, my uh, my I didn't really remember everything for all of my... Podcasting um, essentials. Microphone gear, yeah. so using using some potato mics, but it's all good. Good, good. Because we're podcasting anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're lucky to be able to do this because the power was actually out for a few hours this morning at my house because we got, I don't know, an inch of ice last night. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, uh, it was pretty cold for a bit, but thankfully no sessions, no weddings today. Just um, got to get my hair cut. And then I have a client meeting at my house that apparently they have an SUV, so they're going to be fine. Oh, nice. Trekking, well, you do need trekking. a haircut. Yeah, no kidding. So it's uh, it's been a good morning, but, uh, you know, been a busy couple weeks. And uh, Ooh, for both Man, both you're telling us. me. <laughs> yeah, this is this is that time of the year when everything starts winding, winding up and, then, you know, preparing to wind down. So, you know, we've... We both had our last weddings of the year. I had my my last wedding was on December third. Nice. Uh, your last wedding was last week, right? Yeah, down in Miami, which was oh, nice. very nice temperature, very bad weather, poor rain <laughs> yes. the entire time, and so it was funny. an open air venue, <laughs> so they had some uh, craziness to deal with. Probably the hardest wedding of the year for me to shoot, but one of the best couples they were really fantastic that's awesome Wedding photographer couple down there getting married so they were flexible thankfully that's good yeah um yeah. and then right after that thanks. it was like straight into uh you know that was sandwiched in between a workshop and recording our new record <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah we've got a lot going on right now yeah we've um We've been working on our third, uh, Prisms' third record. I also yeah. think that it's really funny since you got kind of famous for using, you know, Prism to shoot weddings. And, uh, but the band's been around for like 10 years now. The band? Yeah, the Way band's been around either of us. before photography was a thing on our radar, really. Yeah. I think yeah. that's how I actually stumbled across the Prism as an object that, like, existed, uh, something something relevant to looking for stuff for our band i right. believe it was oh. originally yeah. yeah were you trying to get like some concept artwork or these concept photos or something for yeah like a... it, it was something like that something for that record because we were yeah I, I can't exactly remember it's been so long i kind of bought the thing just thinking that i could probably do something cool shining light through the prism glass mm -hmm. and not thinking that it would be a good like reflective tool held right up to the front of the lens you know i just hadn't yeah. had no idea what it would be useful for but yeah it was, it was something tangential to the band that we've had forever so it's <laughs> it's pretty funny <laughs> yeah yeah but uh, the recording process has been really awesome we've been working with this dude will beasley who we may actually may try to get on the show we'll see yeah, He's I think down. it'd be cool to have him. There's so, Whoa. so many... Sorry, guys. Yeah, this is an unplugged podcast. Thank you. Sorry. There's so many parallels and ways of thinking that are just completely the same between recording music, not playing music, but specifically recording it and 
mixing it and producing it like the whole the whole deal and being a photographer there's so many uh parallels i've always found it very interesting just the way you think about things and balance things and eq versus like a histogram and it's it's crazy i mean lenses is very similar to like mic choice and camera mm-hmm. sensors are very similar to like mic preamps in a lot of ways and anyway yeah. for me years of recording people and myself i think really gave me a huge head start in photography it's just being able to understand um how things fit together uh you know how all the threads just kind of weave in photography uh it's it's very similar so uh yeah Yeah. it's fun to be going through that process with somebody else recording us and uh, (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah uh it's it's really it's really nice to have someone at the controls that's very fast and is trying to get our the best you know the best takes out of us and and just has to push us in yeah good good direction and good good taste developed and good uh good equipment and knows what it takes um to get a good take it isn't i mean we it's these days it's crazy you can you can kind of fix most anything in post or you know in the edit window of pro tools or logic but um like will i think rides that line perfectly between like okay getting a take good or good enough and fixing it when necessary in a way that makes it sound completely the way it was intended and not like totally robotic or digital or anything weird like that. It's like he, he rides yeah. the balance very well, you know? Yeah. Anyway. So that's been, he's, that's been intense. Uh, yeah. He's been, years. he's, he's been really good at, uh, just like going through and getting stuff done quick, more like, I guess like a lot faster than I kind of was expecting. Efficiently, yeah. Um, but um, but it sounds really good. Sounds kind of like what we're going for. But we'll see. We'll see what happens in the the final mix. Um, Got a lot more to do. You know. What are we like halfway through guitars yeah. and no vocals yet? So it's gonna be. Yeah, I would say I would say we're about halfway through guitars. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to keep going on that. Are the the songs I'm most excited about are the ones that I haven't done yet. So I'm really excited to to try that out and see what kind of tones we get and. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's been a, it's been busy. And then yesterday, I spent all day recording a friend of ours, wrapping up some guitars for a side project involved with him. And uh, and then Wednesday, I was in Durham, North Carolina, for a workshop with like twenty photographers, which was amazing. Yeah. But so much driving, I'm really oh, tired yeah. of driving. Yeah, yeah. And I've got like you know a bunch of weddings I'm trying to pump out and finish up before Christmas, but. Yep, I've got there. two more weddings to complete myself before um for the before Christmas. One the the December 3rd wedding, I'm just trying to get it out and and get it done before Christmas. I think that would be cool to deliver it to them before that. That's amazing that I had a wedding December 15th and there's no way that's getting out before or yeah. and i had a wedding november 26th and i don't think that's getting out before christmas either <laughs> yeah i just yeah. i i i don't know how i'm gonna do it either but that's my goal so we'll see check in with me next week and see if i actually 
pull it off. I actually yeah. did it. I think at a bare minimum, what I'm going to do for these weddings that I've shot, but like I'm not going to get delivered before Christmas Day, is just put together like a blog post worth mm-hmm. of images, like 15 or 20, in yeah, a gallery, and be like, idea. "Hey guys, you know, Merry Christmas. I'm still not done with the full gallery. I didn't want to rush it and and sacrifice quality for the sake of just getting it to you faster. I know mm-hmm. it's really nice to have stuff for Christmas though. So here, or for the holidays, or you know, whatever right. <laughs> culturally yeah. sensitive thing you might want to say. Uh, so here are some favorites that you can share with everybody and uh, give them something. Um, yep, that's my that's my goal and uh, sticking to it. But uh, yeah. you know, I've had a number. I, oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I, I was gonna say. Oh, go ahead. No, 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 I was gonna change. I was gonna um, segue into something else. So you give it. What you got? Gotcha. Well, I I was gonna say that um, I've had a few clients, um, parents of clients, and also um, clients themselves asking me for. Um, a couple of photos here or there to use on like Christmas cards and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that, that's been kind of, kind of neat to kind of go through there and try to, try to pick something either that, that I know that they like, or that I think that they'll like for, Oh, they ask you um, to pick. That's strange. So yeah, one of them asked me to pick and then two of them were like, Oh, we saw this blog post where we're jumping through the air. Like get us, get us that photo. And I'm like, okay. Um, Now are you on shoot proof yet? Are you using Smug Mug? No, no, still, still on Smug Mug. Well, I've had a nice uptick in print sales through Shootproof. It, it is really? fantastic. Yeah, yeah, and, cool. and uh, I had one person order like 154 by six photos. Nice. Yeah, to uh, to use as cards and gifts to people, which is really nice. Well, you know, um, I don't know who else is doing this. I'm, sh- I'm sure a number of people are doing this because um, I did not have this idea on my own. But I've started this year doing. Um, like a 25 and then then lately i've been trying a 30 percent discount right after the The wedding wedding. um uh in terms of print sales and i have seen a real nice jump in people actually ordering stuff before (laughs) before they basically weren't ordering anything yeah Um, and then definitely a psychological thing yeah and now that i kind of make it a priority to say right at the end of the email you know delivery email that Hey guys, um, there's a 30% discount. Um, here's the code. It's valid for the next three or four weeks. Um, and go grab it. It has been an awesome little jump. We, in fact, we were talking about this in the studio the other day, how, um, we're we're sitting there recording and, you know, sometimes seeing a a print order come in, just like, it's free money. Yeah. It's awesome. One, one of the things that I've said, so I used to have the issue where I would offer a discount and then people still wouldn't order within the next month or whatever that window mm-hmm. was for the coupon. And, uh, and then they would touch back like three months later or a year later, mm-hmm. like, Hey, you know, we were thinking about ordering some prints now, finally, can we still get that 30% discount? Cause they, they think you have control over everything, which, which you do. But what yeah, I've, yeah. what I've done is a subtle thing, but it kind of shifts the, um, the, uh, authority away from me and what i say is hey guys just want to let you know my lab is offering a discount for the first month that galleries are on mm-hmm. online or my lab doesn't allow for discounts at this time it's a slight bend of the truth mm-hmm. but it's also <laughs> a way for you to buff yourself from people's thinking that 
Like they can just ask you for the discount whenever they might be ready. And, uh, it's, it's, it works <laughs> as far as I can tell That's people great. actually. And, and I, I think I agree the 25 to 30% range is perfect. And, uh, I do yeah. a batch, uh, like midway through the year of all the galleries I've delivered of emails, uh, promoting that. And then I do another batch around Christmas. Uh, a lot of times people just need to be reminded like, Oh yeah, that would be a good Christmas gift. It's, it doesn't have to be mm-hmm. like a, an annoying marketing thing. And one of the things I like about shoe proof yeah. is people can unsubscribe from future emails. So if it is something that it's awkward or annoying, um, for them, uh, they don't have to see it past the first one. If, if you've emailed them anyway. Uh, yeah. So I was um, going to segue. Qu- oh, go ahead. What's up? Question for you is, are you using shoot proof to deliver non wedding shoots that you're doing now like corporate and stuff i i just mm-hmm. like the separation because i like once i started using shoot proof i really it appealed to me the idea of all my wedding stuff in one bucket as its yeah. own thing uh smug Monk was nice to have sort of different genres and you can break shoot proof out into like albums and categories sure. and years and stuff which is fine sure. but i just never bothered um yeah, that's cool. So, but I was going to segue into the fact that, like, you know, I've been editing through consistently in my queue fifty to sixty thousand images toward the end of this year, um, always needing to get work done. Not that I've been behind, yeah. but that's just because of the volume of weddings and shoots that have been going on. There's always a ton of photos to edit, and it gets a little taxing yeah. just sitting at a screen all day. Um, but there's a fantastic app that i've been using for like a year but it finally came out into public beta called big screen and i don't think i showed yep. you this yet but everybody that's been in my house i'm like put these on and i put on these vr <laughs> goggles the oculus rift goggles oculus. and i make people look at this app called big screen and it essentially puts you in i think they have 15 different spaces like a zen garden and a beautiful mountaintop with like a moon or like a, the base of the grand canyon or like a camp with a campfire like all these really serene wide expansive spaces and then there's a digital screen within that space that you can move anywhere you want up down left right you can create any size change the distance any from distance it. yeah yep and you can change the curvature so it can actually kind of wrap around. And the cool thing about Oculus is that it covers a lot of your peripheral vision. And it's this all-encompassing environment where you can essentially have a computer screen of any size in any placement around you. So um, I awesome. haven't done any color editing and stuff on it because I don't think the Oculus Rift goggles are like that color yeah. accurate. But for culling, it is so fun. To just sit down and like pull up Lightroom and call a session, and you totally get lost in the space. It's like that's really, it's really cool. disorienting. Actually, after a point, to take the goggles off and be back in like your small room space or wherever you you, you set up, it's actually more disorienting to come out of it. <laughs> than There's to got in. to be a Black Mirror episode about this. And it's probably speaking of black mirror in case people don't know, it is an incredible TV show about the impact of technology and how I was going to say it's about the impact of technology on Sam's future. (laughs) Um, Quick question. You're going to, what, what do you think they, they called the show black mirror for? Why do you think they called it that? Ah, dude, no, no, no. I know this, but gosh, no, a black mirror I, Black Mirror is a metaphor, th- isn't it? 
Yeah, well, I always thought it was like a, you know, I'm looking it up. The the reflection of society upon itself is is black instead of clear, and so it's like, you know, problematic and weird. But right. what what actually makes a lot more sense is this. Can you see the screen? What? Oh. Oh. Um. Yeah. It's a mirror that it's your iPhone screen. Yeah. When the iPhone is off or when the television's off, it's essentially a black mirror. Mm. So it's like we're looking into these black holes all the time. Anyway. Um, yeah. Black mirror is a fantastic show. And, uh, are you caught up on the newest season? They just launched it a couple weeks ago. No. Um, Abby got me to watch the first episode, which was really good and weird and messed up. And (laughs) I can't wait to watch the rest. The sad thing about it is that it's always from a perspective of perspective, like pessimism and, and how bad technology can make things instead of the positives, which there are certainly plenty, if not more of, but, uh, it is kind of terrifying at the same time, like just how bad it it could get. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, According to the show. yeah, it show, it kind of shows you like if you are not responsible with um, how you know with with the possibilities of technology that it will overtake you. Um, yeah, and it, it it will you know kind of unravel what makes us human, which I think is really cool to uh, to explore. So I'm a super crazy sci-fi nerd. Yeah, That's but but I can now. honestly, man, I can see VR being a really it's tough because like in a way, yeah, you're in this VR space instead of your own, like the room in your house. So it's not necessarily real life, but mentally it's a lot more refreshing to edit in a space that looks like you're on top of a beautiful mountain (laughs) or a campfire (laughs) at the base of the grand Canyon instead of, you know, a lot of people don't maybe have like beautiful, nice office spaces or or homes that are Mm -hmm. really necessarily as inspiring as something like what this can provide. So it's weird to think about that. It actually, as a person and a human being might be more mentally refreshing and nice, even though it's not real life. That's what's (laughs) really bizarre to think about and i i seriously i i went out and picked up a um they sell these phones cell phone vr goggles where your yeah, cell phone screen becomes the interface phone in there yeah. yeah and it's like a few inches from your eyes but it's got special lenses that make it look totally fine and encompassing in, in vr you know you get a vr experience it's not nearly as good as the oculus rift but it's actually impressively good and yeah i was thinking to myself give it a few more years and i don't think i would go on a trip without these in my bag without these in my carry-on now i can sit on an airplane and like flip down my vr goggles slide in my phone and be not yep four inches from some smelly dude next to me but be like in a very expansive, beautiful scene or they have a lot of these apps that smells like, (laughs) yeah, that still smells. They got to figure that one out. But um, (laughs) they have, they have printers you can buy for at home printing that actually print smells. Really? Yeah. They've had this for like 10 years. It's crazy. I remember that in high school anyway, but like they have a lot of these apps that um, just put you in like a movie theater. And so you have yep. the the yep. scene of a huge screen, and it feels like you're seeing a a you know, huge wall, building sized uh, projection of movies and video files on your on your phone. Really cool, um, but but it does kind of 
something about that. Like imagine walking onto an airplane and looking down at everybody and, and every single person's wearing a VR headset. That is a little weird. Yeah, which and I wonder, that's I wonder what's going to be. I don't, I don't know that that's a bad thing though, but I do wonder right, well, what, and I'm, what's lost. I'm also saying that that is going to happen. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. That's going to happen. Yeah. Because I've seen VR. You have a VR headset. It's really um, compelling. It's 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 amazing. I did so. Also, <clears throat> I did a shoot for. I can't remember the client, but they were they were doing a. Um, um, they were environmentalists, and they were doing a, a VR experience where you could experience um, the. Um, you could experience the calcification of. Uh, Great Barrier Reefs um, or or coral reefs. um, Like underwater. And you can kind of visual, yep, and you can visualize um, ocean acidification and stuff. So you can, so what they were doing was they were having people put on this headset, it was the HTC Vive um, headset, and they were putting you, and in this, with the HTC Vive, it has a, it has a camera that you put in your room that, so you can actually get up and walk around and sort of be in the space um, and, um, what they were doing was they would have you look around and the experience was kind of interesting, you know, kind of funny. And you, you went around looking for sea snails and if you found a sea snail, you would flag it with a little, uh, you put a little flag on it. Um, apparently like actual researchers do, oh. um, when they're scuba diving. That's cool. And so, yeah, so you kind of get to do that kind of thing and what, and then they let you sort of experience what it looked like to be there in a, in a vibrant coral reef and then, uh, and then, a, a destroyed, uh, oh, uh, acidification, calcification, acidified, calcified, um, uh, coral reef. And it was really interesting. The shoot was awesome because they're, you know, they're environmentalists. So they're, they're pretty fun to kind of talk to you about how, conspiratorial everything's going on and uh and it was a a fun shoot but it was really interesting because they let me put the goggles on and say hey we want you to to experience this so you can kind of understand a little bit better how to shoot this um shoot people experiencing this and um it was really really cool um another one that they had was they they did that the the smaller what, what you were talking about where um they had just a, a goggles where you put a Samsung phone in and you could experience what it's like to be homeless uh, and try to find a bus. Um, and it was very, very, very interesting to kind of under- see the, the plight of what a homeless person goes through and really actually experiencing it. And what the director of the program was saying was that it was extremely effective in getting people involved in certain social justice um that's cool things because it was Hmm. it was really neat and when i experienced i was like wow this is crazy uh to yeah it's taking you from okay you can see a movie about homelessness but what what if you were forced to really look at it and be there um it would change your perspective and so that's kind of what it's it's like it you know being having a visual first person perspective on anything is yes you know just 
a thousand times better than reading about it or seeing seeing it in a movie and uh, it's the same reason people attend like my workshops in person instead of just right. reading my blog posts or like researching yep. youtube all day long uh you pick up on so much more and uh, mm-hmm. i do think that vr sort of like what you just described but for almost any other thing that you could possibly think of um is going to be incredibly valuable for learning and instruction. Oh yeah. Cause you can suddenly be in the room with somebody, uh, even though you're physically not, I mean, it's it's still not going to be as good as being there in person for a long, long, long time. Sure. I could see it getting to that point, but I could see it getting to that point. But even just like as a doctor or somebody visually peering over, uh, an operating table and watching a surgeon do his thing from whatever perspective you want. The cool thing about Oculus is that it tracks your movement in space. So if you've got like a bush or some object that you're looking at, you can lean up and it'll look, you know, it's like you're leaning up to it in real life. It comes closer to you. It's, it's not like you just have to move around with your joystick all day long. It actually tracks you in 3d space. If you crouch down, you get closer to the floor. I mean, it really puts mm-hmm. you in there. And, um, I was just mostly thinking about like surgeons and surgery for some reason, oh, but yeah. I can think of them as any craft and, and, and application of this. It's uh, I'm, exciting. I've also been thinking about how VR could change wedding videography. Um, how weird would it be to be able to experience your wedding and again, do, basically? <laughs> uh, have you seen these Snapchat spectacles? That's, that's no. okay. Snapchat that's put, put out a pair of sunglasses that have mm-hmm. a circular video capture. Oh, um, okay. So you tap it and it just takes like 10 seconds of video or something. And it's circular and essentially encompassing video that gets instantly put to Snapchat. But I think you can review it through, um, VR goggles or something to that effect. And it's, yeah, it's about that idea. Uh, essentially it's circular, right? So on your iPhone, when you Mm -hmm. open it up and you pan around to look around, it, it, yeah, it moves with you. It. You can, yeah, yeah, you you move around it's like Starwalk. Yeah. You use Starwalk app. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So you oh, know, Star throw on a so pair, awesome. modify that a bit, and give it a few years, you'll be able to throw on a pair of VR goggles and see any space that you were in or want to remember in an all-encompassing mm-hmm. environment. It's crazy, really, really, yeah, really crazy. So. Um, okay, so moving on, uh, I wanted to talk really quickly. I I feel like a decent amount of people that listen to the podcast are you know are actually working full time as photographers. Some people are up and comers though, and uh, I we did want to talk for a second about doing doing shoots for free um, or in return for some nebulous other thing like networking opportunities or portfolio (laughs) exposure yeah Yeah. um and i so i did i i almost never do them if if i do it's for either a um a charity that is awesome that i know personally or a friend for whatever reason um but the first of all the first thing that i that i always keep in my head which is Maybe a little weird, but the the Joker said it best. If you're good at something, never do it for free. Mm-hmm. Um, and what basically I, I did I did one shoot in Richmond um, for free when I first got here, 
uh, in return for networking. And guess how much you know I got out of that? Nothing. Nothing. Okay. Um, and it just I just kind of wanted to to go over that and say for the people that are just starting out, uh, amateurs or hobbyists or whatever, you should be getting paid for your work. Um, I don't think it matters um, that you're getting networking exposure or portfolio. Um, no, you should be net, like you can network as you shoot, regardless of whether you're getting paid or not. You should be getting exposure for your work by putting it online, uh, no matter if you're getting paid or not. And you should be using your work for portfolio, whether you're being paid or not. And I, it's it's more it's more i'm almost more talking to the organizations that are trying to get free photography mm, yeah. um than i am to photographers you know settling for the you know for not getting paid in regards to some nebulous something i just ate a lovely um, macaroon throughout that entire spiel so i know yeah. it it looked That's good awesome. So that is an important distinction to make like okay it's probably more important to stress that opinion and, and win over businesses and organizations sure. who would otherwise pay to to not seek that out but i actually sort of disagree i i think when you're just starting out in, in virtually any creative field i mean there's a reason why it's so competitive because mm-hmm. pe- people want to do it <laughs> more yeah. more people want to be photographers than almost anything else actually mm-hmm. if you look at the stats and it's uh so it's incredibly competitive and when you're first starting out that's really all you have uh as a differentiator and um is is cheaper prices my my opinion or or shooting for free my opinion is that you should charge what your experience allows for mm-hmm. and um and then scale up from there. So if you've never shot a wedding before, um, you probably shouldn't charge for it or charge incredibly low rates. But once you've shot that first wedding, now you've learned something. So you can charge a little bit more or start charging. And once you've shot your second wedding, you need to scale up. But I don't I don't have actually a problem with people doing something for free once or twice. Now, right. the, the thing that becomes a bit of a problem economically is when people especially wedding photographers, it can be a job that people do for fun because they have a passion for it and still maintain a paycheck from a day job Monday through Friday and then work for free or for incredibly cheap on the weekends long term. And that is an active, I think, erosion of what other people who don't have a day job and want to shoot full time and make a living from it can, can are able to charge. And that I think is where the real problem lies is, yeah, is when people, devaluing the industry yeah when itself. people do have experience but they don't charge for it when they do shoot consistently but they they don't charge enough mm-hmm. <laughs> that and and that is yeah the t- kinds of people i would say um you know think think about what you're, you're actually doing and and why not charge more i mean after a certain yeah. point i feel like it's it's never really concerned me or it shouldn't concern you or most other photographers that have hit a certain threshold of experience and price where you're able to charge thousands and thousands of dollars because no, I don't think it's probably one in a hundred people that are saying to themselves, okay, we have a budget of $7,000 for wedding photography. 
Right. Maybe, maybe one in a hundred of those people are actually going to consider and look at somebody that's charging free or charging one or two thousand dollars. There's just a, mm-hmm. a value, a quality attached to the money they want to spend, and so right. you're not really competing with people that are charging a thousand dollars when you're charging five to seven, something Correct. like that. You know, which Correct. is which they're is not good, even, but that's not yeah. they're not even on their radar. But I am worried and concerned about a slow erosion where enough things happen over time, enough situations happen where it's like, well, our budget is 3000 but this person's charging 2800 So things gradually start to trend down. And though you may not on the face be competing if you're in the five to $7,000 range against the one to $2,000 photographers, over time, all these in-between price points and the way people give deals and discounts actually do trend everything very, very cheap. But I, I also think, thankfully, there's this tangible quality to photography, not just in prints, but just in the fact that you, you know, it's a product you have to be there to create. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not like graphic design yeah. where you just do it digitally on your computer. Um, right. That that I think will always have a, a sustainable, like, uh, full-time, I can do this as my career aspect to it. Because you physically have to be on site as a photographer there, yeah. uh, which I think is, is great compared to other types of creative jobs where you, you don't necessarily, uh, like I said, graphic designers or uh, illustrators of almost any kind, that would be incredibly difficult or painters, <laughs> you know, it's right. like, uh, yeah, right. You don't know many full-time painters anymore. <laughs> uh, it's true. Yeah. They're out there. Though. There are, but they're incredibly, you know, it's so such an exception. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, but I understand what you're saying. Did you did you have an experience recently where somebody was like, "Hey, Nathan, we'd love to hire you. Are you working for free if we give you front page of our awesome website?" Or did it right? Just well, it, come that, up in a conversation. I don't know. I've just been thinking about it lately. There was, a, like I said, I did a shoot a number of months ago for um, a, basically a, it was like a business networking um, a company that has a catered breakfast and. A, I mean, it's, I guess it's a sponsored catered breakfast, but they have coffee, they have donuts, they have, um, you know, they have big, big name Richmond speakers that come in and they, uh, don't pay the photographer. They just, they, they get like a, they get a photographer, any, any type, they get like an amateur photographer, professional photographer, doesn't matter. They just want to get someone from the Richmond community that they can promote, um, during the presentation and, uh, have some um, have some networking opportunities there, uh, and they they don't pay them. And so, at first, so I I did one, and I said, okay, that's cool. Um, I didn't really get too much out of it. I met some some interesting people. I met another really cool photographer from Richmond, um, but um, it it's after I did it, and it just kind of bugged me that. Um, I don't know. It but it just bugs me when not just free not just not just when they ask for free businesses ask for free photos but when they are just looking for lowest common denominator photos, hey, we only have a $400 budget, but we're spending $20,000 on our room. Yeah. Um yeah, I know. that's what kind of that's kind of what bugs me or we spent $1,000 on breakfast for everyone. But let's just get some random photographer off the street, pay him nothing, and and you know hope we get some good photos. Um, yeah, but there's always I don't been know. 
there's always been that. Like, I don't think anybody's ever, I, I don't think every business, every potential paying customer or client have, have always been of the idea that we're going to spend a lot on photography. You know, I mean, I think there's always this spectrum and, and you're just always going to have people popping up that want something in exchange right. instead of actually exchanging money. I mean, it's just, unfortunately, yeah, though we do, there's a tangible aspect in that we have to be there physically. There's no physical good that's exchanged anymore unless people order right. prints or albums. And that really sucks. You have to somehow, it's so weird how people attribute a physical object uh, as something worth paying more than a, a digital thing, even if you spent more time creating the digital thing, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> and more effort. It's it's really yes. frustrating. It's also attributed to uh, the size of the screen that something is experienced on. Have you noticed? Like, oh, yeah. the average cost of an app for your phone is like a dollar. But the average cost of an app for a, a television app, like on the Apple TV, is like 5 to $10. And it's like... Yeah, there well, should be no on. difference. It's just a bigger screen. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like, wait. Like, I mean, yeah, there's probably more detail in the texture, and maybe there's more time involved with making the artwork. But if you have an amazing TV app, you could easily scale it down to an iPhone if that was your sure. you know, the direction you were starting from. And, uh, and it's so funny to me how it's like this human thing to attribute size of something and actually having a physical mm -hmm. good versus repeatable ones and zeros. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Speaking of which, I, this is a total tangent, but have you have you gotten Super Mario Run? Yet? Oh yeah, I was playing it this morning. Dude, uh, me too. Yeah, Super Mario Run is so it's awesome. awesome. I totally agree. I, and I was like, it's a oh, great they, Nintendo game. Well, I did hate. I know why they did this, but you know, you hit a paywall at some point where they. Yeah, but it's only ten bucks, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that is more. I'm going to buy it. Of, oh, I already did, and that's more along the lines yeah. of what I always thought. Uh, iOS apps should should cost like ten. But 10 the bucks. thing is, though, I've been playing this game for two days yeah. without paying anything, and it is still really fun because I've been trying to get like all five coins. Nice on the each. You'll you guys will understand pink. once you get Super Mario yeah. Run. I'm about to start playing but, it right now. Screw this podcast. I'm just gonna. That's awesome. <laughs> um, but it's it's really it, well. It lets you experience the entirety of the game. Um, without paying anything, and then once you, you know, once you do pay every, you know, ten bucks, then you got it. And I think that that's really cool. It's not a free to play. It's not a a pay to play. It's it's like yeah. buy yeah. the game eventually. And for me, like I think a lot um, of people were probably really cool. upset with the fact that you're always running forward. But there's so many cool little tricks and hacks and moves oh, that you can do yeah. to actually move backward. There is so much nuance to this game. Yeah. It's awesome. It's incredibly well designed. I mean. Yeah, good. Good on Nintendo for absolutely. But and it's the the best thing about it too is that it's super smooth and feels exactly like um, Super Mario Wii. Which, by the way, uh, we I just one of one of my favorite uh, favorite memories of of winter time was that time when me and you got snowed in oh. at a house we were living at a bunch of years ago. And the power went out. We couldn't go to work because we were both still working full time at the time. Yeah. And we uh, stayed home and played Super Mario for an entire week. <laughs> Dude, that was amazing. Um, oh, I just beat Bowser. What? Die Bowser. By the way, this is tangent again, but What's up? Rogue One. Okay. Yeah. I haven't seen it. I won't no spoilers. Say Rogue One. 
better. Go okay. see it. Let's 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 take the movies everybody has seen one through six no spoilers, or, including no spoilers. Force Awakens one through seven. What film does this close closest align with in terms of like how well how good it is? Are we talking Empire? Um, Are we talking without Hope, Force Awakens? It, it has elements of it has elements of everything. It's a great Star Wars movie. It feels My, a the lot thing darker is, and mature, more mature than uh, the Force. Yeah, Awakens. don't. It's not. It's not the same as the Force Awakens. Quite the yeah. same. You'll again without spoiling anything. It's 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 a little different. It's better in some ways. It's I. I the thing is my favorite Star Wars movie is Return of the Jedi. Um not because it's the best Crazy. one. I think Empire Strikes Back is the best one. Yes. Um but because Return of the Jedi is awesome it has the best space battles um in my opinion. That's true. Which is why which is why I like it so much. So, and yes. let me just say again without spoiling anything Rogue One has some awesome space battles. That's cool. Just that was go missing see it from as soon Force as Awakens, wasn't it? There weren't really many yeah there were there were some good ones but it's handled i think the space battles are much better uh in rogue one but uh, but i still also love the force awakens so it's it's all good all right of course nothing can be as good as as uh, attack of the clones <laughs> that was my okay but rogue um, one is a worthy addition to the star wars franchise i'm glad That's yeah awesome. it's incredible and i can't wait to see it again Okay. Well, on that note, I kind of got to cut this short. I got to go get my hair cut. So I'm cool. I'm, I'm, I'm going to venture out. Uh, we'll probably do another one right before or around Christmas. So we'll yeah, catch up yeah, with we'll everyone then. Uh, hope everybody's keeping warm and having a good end of year. Not, Watch not, out for black not ice. Drowning too much. Bad today. And editing photos and other crazy stuff. And uh, yeah. All right. Thanks, everyone. All right. Later on. <laughs>